Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Today we have a repeat guest, Marlon Weems, a.k.a. the journeyman at uh, medium.com, a man who spent 30 years in finance, 10 of those on Wall Street. Global investment banks subsequently hired him to help them decipher developments in the financial and social economic landscape. Marlon points out that mainstream news rarely drills down enough to give a true picture of what's happening, let alone it all means that henceforth the need for writers like the journeyman is of utmost importance at this time. I am honored once again, Marlon Weems. <laughs> welcome to Politics Done Right. Hello again. Thanks for having me, Egberto. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, and I've been wanting to talk to you for several weeks now, but with the holidays and so forth, it was a little bit difficult to get all the things scheduled appropriately. Now, you um, you worked in finance. You you worked in the bowels of capitalism, where uh, where our work and worth has been traded in the form of stocks. Um, Build Back Better is not complete. Build Back Better, the policies that progressives and the president have been attempting to pass, has a lot needed, but it offered quite a bit. Many thought that we had an agreement that if we gave people that hardware, that capital within the hard infrastructure <laughs> that we are speaking about, that somehow we would have people say, you know what, we've been given capital for so long. Why not at this time look at humans as capital need and tender as well? Please tell me your thoughts on that. I'm going, I'm going to um, probably date myself age-wise a little bit, mm -hmm. but uh, I grew up um, reading uh, Charlie Brown, and, you know, the classic um, uh, scene is Lucy with the football. Mm -hmm. And you can see this coming a mile away. And I have to say, I really, um, up until now, have been, if not a fan of Nancy Pelosi in terms of strategy and, you know, sort of getting it right. This was one that I was really surprised to see her um, uh, maybe, you know, just sort of have a misstep because you could just see that there's, I mean, we point at Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema over in the Senate, but, you know, there's that little group of what are called moderate Democrats. You know, it's a, to me a, a loose term, but um, this was going to happen from the beginning. And, and I think that by and large, the progressives knew that. Um, but when the president comes to you and says, you know, I got this, you, you know, you got to listen to the president, I think. And so I understood why, um, you know, they didn't just block the bills because think about it, had they shut everything down in the house, then, you know, all the guns would have been turned on the squad and, and so forth. So, you know, they tried to go the party line and look where we are. And it's, to me, it's really sad. I mean, because there was a lot, um, just think of where we would be right now had that passed, you know, a few weeks ago. I, I just think the trajectory for Democrats in the midterms would be a whole lot different. And, um, you know, I, I got a lot of feelings about this. I was very disappointed. 
Let me ask you in this way, because, you know, um, I am tired of blaming Republicans. Republicans are going to do what Republicans do, period. Mm -hmm. Uh, They care nothing more than about capital, you know. Now, my contention is that the Democratic Party, yes, it's where progressives reside right now, but that too often there are enough tentacles from the plutocracy, from the oligarchy, from the corporatocracy in the Democratic Party, meaning the mansions, meaning the even even the secret, the senator from California, why, uh, 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 what's her name, Weinstein? Not I forgot her name. No, right no, Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. Oh, Feinstein. Even Feinstein. Even even with her not wanting to get rid of the filibuster sure. and protecting the flanks of the corporatocracy, we do have some as well that seem to be forgot who owns or who elected them. Uh, So at at this point, I am not willing to blame the Republicans for anything. They'll do what they do. I remember back in the Obamacare days when we fought for, first we wanted Medicare for all, the the votes, we had 60 votes, a veto-proof majority in the Senate. We couldn't get Medicare for all. We said, okay, we progressives will just give in Give us the public option or else we can't give in, but we need a public option just to prove to the American people that the public sector is better for healthcare than the private sector. We absolutely knew that the public option would have degraded the private portion of the thing, and we would coalesce into a Medicare for all by design and save the Americans money and save the American lives. Again, it wasn't the Republicans that stopped that. It was the Democrats. Now we go further now into Build Back Better, and we can talk till kingdom come. We decided to pass one using regular order and the other one using uh, what's known as uh, um, uh, reconciliation. reconciliation. Okay, we decided to do that. Fine. Who's stopping that again? It's not Republicans. (laughs) It's Democrats. So my contention is we are satisfied, many in the Democratic Party, not a lot, or maybe not, not the majority, but many in the Republican Party are okay with having a sect of our population, meaning the poor and the left behind remain poor and left behind. Because all these policies that are the ones left behind are the ones that satisfy building those others back. Why is that the case, Mr. Weems? <laughs> Well, I think you've you've really um, you've articulated it because, you know, you look at look at a Joe Manchin, for example, uh, you know, you take away Alabama and Mississippi, West Virginia is, uh, if not at the bottom, and we're talking about education, infrastructure, um, you know, jobs, health care, exactly. So his behavior uh, does not indicate to me that, I mean, he's not doing this, uh, you know, out of some obligation to his constituents, right? And so you take a guy like that, and, and I mean, and it's it's pretty blatant, really. I mean, you got a guy with a yacht and a Maserati talking about, not, you know, um, uh, not one people, you know, the entitlement uh, thing, right? And so, um you know, I think, as you said, you've got a lot of so-called moderate Democrats that are hiding behind Joe Manchin and Kristen, uh, Kirsten Cinema that have 
um, very similar opinions about, um, you know, who gets to progress and who gets to benefit in this in this economy in this country. And so, um, I just think until we get more people that are of a progressive mindset, we're always going to run up against this. And it's like you said, it's not the Republicans that are stopping us on voting rights. It's not the Republicans stopping us on Build Back Better, which includes everything from health care to climate change. I actually wrote an article a few months ago, and I found a quote from Manchin that was so you know, just objectively false. Uh, he was actually in a, you know, one of these scrums that they have with reporters. He actually made the comment that, you know, he he's kind of looked at this bill and his concern is, you know, they're talking about getting rid of fossil fuels and that's not going to help climate change. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, what, what scientist is he talking to, right? So, you know, as I said, he is really... Uh, I think emblematic of what Democrats do to each other. And I don't know how we go back to the same people who, who got us where we are now in terms of voters. How do you, how do you get folks excited now? You know, put more guys in. Do you know what I'm saying though? How do you get them excited to show up at the polls, notwithstanding the, um, you know, just voter suppression that they're going to have to deal with anyway? That is an interesting scenario, right? And I've been trying to answer that myself. And I don't know that I have the best answer for it, but I I want to pass something by you because I don't think, uh, you know, I I don't think it is fruitful for us to talk about how do we get them to vote again. What I think is fruitful is demanding or or asking them to, to, to vote again and support in the primaries those people that up that actually showed that they wanted to push this up and out. In, in other words, I want to tell them, I don't want to tell them to be depressed. I don't want to tell them to not care anymore because things are not going to change. I want to tell mm-hmm. them that they have to be the change agents, but that they have to build new alliances. And this is where I want to talk to you about um, how do we convince people? You know, I wrote a book a few, uh, a few months ago called it's worth it. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relative, friends, and neighbors. My contention really is that a lot of those people that we call right-wingers, a lot of those people that marched on January sixth, they don't know what the hell they were marching about. <laughs> okay, they don't know how they're being hurt. And a lot of people say racism. And you know, let me t- let me tell you something. I am. I don't care who loves me. I don't care who hates me because of my hue. I don't. But I do care that that person allows themselves to be hurt by a political system that is snowing them because by them getting hurt, it also means you get hurt and I get hurt. Sure. So my contention then is not to complete, to demean the folk. My contention is make them an ally. And in that respect, I have had this new way of speaking and I think I've talked to you beforehand on it where I try to let folks understand that, yes, I know that in a lot of these issues, the Republicans use the racist trope to have their people vote against their own interests. I want Mm -hmm. to use that racist trope against them. I want to let their people realize that their folks are now making them slaves, what I call antiseptic slavery. 
And in, okay. And in the and, and the way that I've, I've I've started to to hone in on that, and I may need not I may I need help from everybody else, right? We need help from any, everybody else to 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 make this, to tell the story. You are one who can even make it uh, in the in the capitalist modal because of where you worked. You understand that the capitalization of our excess labor is what makes a lot of people rich and us poor. When it was that the slave owner used black folks, indigenous and others as slaves, they had to invest in their capital. They had to invest in their slaves. Their slaves were- their Well, the slaves were property, you know, so yeah. Go ahead. I, take, I, it was like, it was, I'm sorry, it was, you know, for them, uh, just like, you know, taking care of a tractor, you know, right. um, and what people generally don't think, I think it probably more now than in the past is that, you know, it wasn't just the plantation owner that was part of the financial chain there. You know, you got insurance companies up in New York that benefited, shipping companies benefited. I mean, it was the foundation of the economy, which because of, um, you know, just the awareness in 1619 Project and some other uh, writings, I think people are maybe more aware now than they were. But, um, you know, just to, to kind of go back to something you started off with in terms of, um, you know, the, the people on the other side, right wing, if you will, that, you know, I have, I live, I live in North Carolina, but uh, I live in one of the more, I, I can't use the word liberal, so I'll say less uh, MAGA uh, areas of the state. But even so, um, you know, when the election was coming, you know, so this time last year, um, you know, one of my neighbors has a 50-foot flagpole with, uh, with a Trump flag flying. But when Trump lost, I haven't seen it since. So, you know, he's on that, you know, he's not so crazy that he doesn't accept that Trump lost. <laughs> on the other side, uh, just across the street, and, and again, the reason I bring this guy up is we're very friendly. So what should I, you know, I don't know if this is where you were going with this, but I don't know how much good it does for me to, um, you know, be angry with this guy because he flew a Trump flag when we can have a, um, you know, a civilized conversation exactly. generally, right? Across the street from me, there's a, a couple, and it's it really perplexes me because uh, the man, I would say they're maybe in their early 70s. They, um, the, the, uh, the husband is, I guess, was born here, but his parents are from Italy. So, you know, these are not like, you know, guys that came up, you know, not hillbillies by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, Christmas rolled around. They brought us some homemade wine. I mean, they're nice people. And they have like this gigantic Let's Go Brandon sign or, or flag, rather, flying <laughs> off of their deck. And you're just going, what the heck? <laughs> you know, what do I do with that? Because now, do they, are they unaware of the total com uh, connotation of that? Do they just think it's funny? I don't know. But I honestly, it just... And I want to interrupt you there for one second. No, no, go ahead. Because I think you just, you answered it. They are unaware. People say, well, not really. They're just racist. 
it's not just racist. I mean, I had I had um, uh, a, a couple of people discussing race, including Allison a few days ago, sure. discussing race and, and sort of making a point between racism and prejudice or whatever. What you've proven, I think, when you mentioned they bring you wine and that sort of stuff is that they see you in a different light than you exactly you right in other words you are there you earned your way there where you're living right now and somehow you may not be like the others because they don't understand the things that 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 we have all learned let's say from the 1619 project <laughs> redlining from all those things they don't understand how it made it and they don't understand that those that have made it the outside of that system did it above and beyond the average person had you been white well and I, just to just to jump in another thing i don't think they understand or they have a concept and and part of it is because i may be in the case that i just laid out the only black person they interact with right most of these people don't have you know like we have um you know we may have several um white friends that we interact with at work and we've had to you know, figure out how to navigate all of that, right? They have never really had to do that because right. everyone there around, with the exception of maybe me, is just like them or looks just like them. Right. And so they don't really have a, a grasp for, yeah, even though I live in your neighborhood and you think I'm a, you know, I'm a, a good black, <laughs> mm -hmm. they don't know that on any given day, the same uh, racism can hit me right between the eyes that could hit any person that you see on television that's been shot by the police or, or you know, any number of bad outcomes. They just don't realize that could happen to me. And henceforth, and, you know, I, I spoke a little bit to Allison about this and to a few other people, not only in Woke, but in other places. And henceforth, mm -hmm. the job that we have as with, with platforms, um, I still have the contention that most people are good, right? I also have the contention that it is the system which have created. And if you listen to, there's a woman who talk about racism all of the times, and she talks about there's not any, there's not a race. There's just a, the, the only thing is the human race. And she's right. And she explains a whole lot of these issues. I can't remember her name right now, but when I do, I, I'll put it out <laughs> probably with this article. But it's, it's important. To, and, and again, I, look, I'm not saying there aren't those aren't those people that don't want to be schooled. They are staunch racist. Sure. They want to hold power. And that doesn't only happen because of pigmentation. Those are the same people who naturally want to hold power over women, hold power over, hold, hold dominion over others, right? But <clears throat> as humans, I think when when one explains the commonality, when one explains that it is a system that is that is enslaving their minds. And with that enslaving them as a whole from a from a financial standpoint as well, I think it's easier then to make the case, which is one of the reasons I like talking to you and and others. And when I say talking to you, I mean, um, somebody uh, who knows who unapologetically know who they are and it's not scared to confront all sides, because at <laughs> times we have hey, to Bert, or I'm too old to be scared anymore. <laughs> Because <laughs> at a certain point, it's like, what, what are you waiting on, right? What are you waiting on? And I mean, honestly, when I first began writing, um, you know, you have a little bit of 
you know, consternation or um, what's the term? Um, uh, uh, Hesitancy. You know, yeah. And, and so, um, but I've gotten over all of that. And it's interesting with uh, my Substack, The Journeyman, um, I actually have, um, to my surprise, two or three paid subscribers um, a couple that I know from, you know, my, my previous life in, uh, in uh, New York, I know they don't agree with me, but they still want to hear what I have to say because, you know, from their point of view, it's, um, you know, I make a good argument whether they agree with it or not. They, they sort of like the way that I approach, uh, you know, whatever the, whatever the particular uh, angle is that, you know, on a given day. And so, you know, um, why, why hold back? <laughs> yeah, I, I like what you said, because believe it or not, on Politics Done Right, I have what we call the PDR Posse, which is a group of a whole bunch of people that if you take a look at our subscription page, you see that we have hundreds of people that support the program. And it's interesting. And, and, and I've just started building a Substack base like you have a good Substack base. I'm starting to build a Substack base and a medium base and a I've already right. had uh, my own my own personal base as well. But it's interesting that a lot of the supporters, a lot of the viewers are actually right wingers. Some of them utterly dis disagree. Others want to have an exchange. Sometimes they change their mind. Sometimes they say, what if, but or whatever, but they're there. And ironically, one of my highest paid subscribers is a right winger and he doesn't i, I understand one of my very first and i was i was shocked it was a, a gentleman that i worked with he uh had been i think previously an analyst at the fed so you can imagine yes you know his conservative leanings you know from that you know that angle and he was one of the first guys to you know to, to pay up. And I was yeah. like, are you sure, are you sure you've read what I'm writing? And <laughs> you know, that, that actually does though, it kind of gives you a boost in the sense that, you know, you, you uh, get a certain amount of validation, I guess, from, you know, and, and uh, I, I think too, it makes it, uh, I think it enhances your ability to, uh, to have a discussion. Absolutely. So I, I think what is important is uh, when you when you make that cross that that cross I, I don't want to call it a crossover because there's still a large percentage of those on the right that won't listen to you but when you develop a rapport with some on the right I think what happens then is they bring others with them and even if they don't bring mm -hmm. them to you they bring a lot of the the smooth in if you will of thought to others as well so I think I think that is important that there there are people like yourself what we do here at Politics Done Right to make sure that we, we keep every single person included. We want everybody included because I think the way to get around uh, the, the portion of the, of the Democratic Party that continues to screw us all is to get a piece of the, Dem of the Republican base to help us bring the right folks into the fold to do the right mm -hmm. thing. Now, um, we're running up on time here. I always enjoy the discussion with you, uh, Marlon. Give me a closer so that we can end this thing. But I, I, I really enjoyed what, what you had to say today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, in terms of closing, I guess uh, things that I am looking at in uh, the new year, um, you know, the, the uh, January 6th committee, I just 
am keeping my fingers crossed that, uh, you know, that they'll make have some public hearings and put some things out there to really make people aware. Because I, uh, as we were talking about earlier, I think that uh, a lot of people, you know, they know the buzzword January 6th, but I, I just don't think a lot of the country is really uh, focused in on just how close we came. So that's certainly one thing. And then the other would be voting rights, because quite frankly, if we don't uh, address that, and, and there's really no mystery about what needs to be done. And I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping against hope that Democrats will will uh, will do the right thing there because if they don't, I'm, I'm, um, I should have to think where where we end up. And a message to the voters for 2022. A message to the voters. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's sort of like you said earlier. Don't give up hope. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly going to vote as many times as I can. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, though, I'm going to vote. My my daughter just turned 18. She's excited to be able to vote for the first time. And, you know, a lot of people bled and, and died for us to be able to hold this thing together. And one of the things that, you know, one of my biggest uh, takeaways, you know, we're uh, in Woke having a, um, a reader's group that's reading through the uh, 1619 uh, book that just came out. And one of my um, uh, big takeaways is that, you know, Americans historically, or, or African Americans, I should say, have been the most American in the sense that we've believed when, um, you know, all the evidence was against us. And we've, we've hung in there and fought for this country, you know, to, uh, to, to deliver. And so I think that's kind of a moment where we are now. Marlon Weems, AKA the journeyman, check him out at Substack, check him out at Medium. This man knows of which he writes. Thank you so kindly for having <laughs> been on podcast. Thank you again for having me. Talk to you soon. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.